time. Good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Uh, worked my first week of construction this past week. Had a blast. And, uh, it's just like it always was. It's work, amen. And it's a good thing. There's a serious mission field out there, whether you know it or not. And God's calling us all to be in this mission field together. And, that, and that's kind of the challenge as we walk this journey is to live a life that's acceptable before the Lord, that, that we can begin to help other people through the way we live our lives. It's one thing to talk it, it's another thing to walk it. And, and so that's the challenge we're on during Lent, a time to get a little bit closer. You know, get a little bit closer, challenge yourself a little bit, uh, actually get into a, a communication and a relationship with the Lord. And so, am I too close? I might spit on you, I don't know. <laughs> but God is good, and we're in this, this is the third week of the Lenten season, and um, third Sunday, God is truly blessing, and I, I want to challenge you, if you haven't started doing something, you can start doing something, it's okay, uh, you can add something, uh, and there's all kinds of things to do, but it's the challenge that we have in, with each and every one of us, we challenge each other, and we walk with each other. The sacrifice is real, amen? Whether you realize it or not, when you get in your Bible and you begin to study and read it, especially in the New Testament, there's some serious sacrifice that takes place. There's serious suffering that takes place as Christians that we endure as we're on this journey of life. And, and so, you know, just be prepared for that. I've heard so many preachers say, oh, man, you get saved and, and everything's good. And you'll never have to worry about anything again. That's not true. That's a lie from the devil. Uh, we're always going to battle. There's always going to be battles, and we got to be prepared. And that's why we get in the Word, and we read the Word, we study the Word. So, you know, in this process of Lent, John and I have been talking about challenging people. There is no membership at this church, but I believe there should be something. And, and whatever it is, it's going to be a high accountability. Uh, you can be a member of anything, amen. You can be a member of the morning coffee drinkers. Uh, you can be a member of going to Walmart. You can be a member anywhere, but I'm talking about a commitment to the Lord. And it's something that I've always struggled with in the churches that I pastored and things. Uh, people wouldn't just take people in as members. You know, let's get them in. Let's get a, let's get a number. Uh, how many members we got? You know, you get these pastors together, and they're talking about, well, I got this many members in my church, and I got this many members. How many anointed by God, blood-bought, born-again, working members do you have? How many people that you got that are in the army of God fighting this battle every single day? Because I'm going to tell you something, church. This is a battle we're in. Amen. It's not anything to be taken lightly. We are in a battle with Satan. Satan is rearing his head up all over the place. And so we got to be strong. As I was preparing for my sermon today, uh, and I was reading the last uh, discourse of the Sermon on the Mountain with Jesus. And uh, so I'm going to, the lady in the text said uh, one, but it's really, it was seven. Chapter seven in Matthew, if you want to turn with me today. And this was Jesus. He was uh, finishing up the discourse. There's five discourses on the Sermon on the Mountain, and, and what it was was the way we live our lives, amen, the way we live our lives, and, and so he's ending up this, this big sermon that he did on the mountain, and he's getting pretty serious now, it's getting pretty serious, 
and he's challenged a lot of people. You know, I asked y'all a few weeks ago, I asked you, if, if you were following Jesus, what group would you be in? Would you be in the inner circle where the disciples were? Would you be in the outer circle where the people who loved Jesus were? Or would you just be in the crowd where they were just there to get something? You know, there's a lot of people during that time following Jesus because they got a free meal every day. Amen? There's a lot of people following Jesus because they were looking for a healing. They didn't understand it all, but, but they knew that the things had happened. And so I want to challenge you to think about where you're at in this journey of life with the Lord. And so I'm going to go to Matthew 7th chapter, starting at the first verse. It says, Judge not that you be not judged, for with what judgment you judge, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye and look at a plank in your own eye? Hypocrite. First remove the plank from your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give what is holy to the dogs nor cast your pearls before swine lest they trample them under their feet and turn and tear you in pieces. Ask and it will be given you. Seek and you will find, knock, and it will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. Or what man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will, not, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? If you then of being evil know how to give good gifts to your children how much more will your father who is in heaven give you good things to those who ask him therefore whatsoever you want men to do to you do also to them for this is the law and the prophets enter by the narrow gate for the wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction and they are many who go in by it because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do, not, do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits you will know them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Therefore, whosoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on this rock. And the rain descended and the flood came and the winds blew and beat upon the house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. 
But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like foolish men who build their house on the sand. And the rain descends and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on the house and it fell. And great was its fall. And so it was when Jesus had ended these sayings that the people were astonished at his teachings. For he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Think about that for a minute. He taught them as one having authority and not as a scribe. You know, we, we, we see the ending of the Sermon on the Mount, and there's some pretty serious stuff here. Amen. The sacrifice is real. I titled this Raising a Standard and Foundation Building. You know, as Christians, we got to be challenged in, in the standard of life we live. Amen. And we got to be challenged about how we're living that life. And boy, right off the bat, as, as Jesus starts to close this discourse on the Sermon on the Mountain, he talks about judging people. Judge not lest ye be judged. You, you know, I, I tell you, a lot of times, and I hope it's not our church or any church, but a lot of times church people will be very judgmental. Amen. And we should never be judgmental in case you know where you remember where you come from. I don't know about you all or how good or how bad you are, but I know where I come from. And I know where I don't want to go back to, amen. I, I want to live a life so acceptable to the Lord that, that without a doubt I know one day I'm going to make heaven my home. And that's the goal of every single one of us. We shouldn't be judging people because if we judge people, we'll begin to be judged. And I'm going to tell you why. Oh, Lord, we don't want the Lord to judge us for these things. He truly blesses us so much. And so this was a challenge. Matthew challenges his readers to choose between obeying the will of God and disobeying the will of God. For the believer, this involves humility, self-examination, dependence on God for everything. What's that sound like? Sounds kind of like the season of Lent, doesn't it? Humility, self-examination. I tell you, do you depend on God for everything? Do you really? Do you depend on God for everything? Because, you know, a lot of times if we're not careful, we think we can do it. I can take care of this part, God. I can take care of that part. I'll let you have this part. But you see, God wants us to let him take care of every part. You know, I don't want to be measured by the failures that I've had. I want to be measured by what I've done for the Lord. And the Bible says we'll be measured in the way that we measure. And so, you know, we need to keep our eyes open and our hearts open. You know, the whole central theme of the Sermon on the Mountain was, Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. Perfect. Are you perfect? Now, I want you to understand something. Perfect here in the Greek doesn't mean perfect like perfect. Like, I never made a mistake, I'll never, I'll never do anything wrong or anything like that. Perfect is more of a completeness, a wholeness, a maturity. You see, we have a lot of people in church today, but they haven't really grown up yet. They're still on the milk, they haven't got to the meat, they haven't realized the power that we walk in in the name of Jesus Christ and the things that we can accomplish when we walk with the Lord. Man, I'm in the Lord's army, amen. You ever heard that song? I'm in the Lord's army. We taught that to the kids when they were little and so in vacation Bible school. Man, when, can you imagine being in the, can you, can you really picture it now, being in the Lord's army? 
Jesus said before, uh, well, he could have called legions of angels. Legions of angels. I'm in the Lord's army. Do you realize we have legions of angels? Do you realize that all of us, as we walk together in the kingdom of God here on earth, you see, a lot of people, they want to wait, well, when I get to the kingdom of God, let me tell you, we're in the kingdom of God right now as we live our lives. He wants to bless us right now, and he wants us to walk in such a way that people will come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And so that's the challenge. We can't judge people. We just got to be faithful. It says, so why do you look at, at the speck in, that is in your brother's eye and do not notice the log in your own eye? Man, you ever try to get the speck out of somebody's eye that you love? And the whole time you got something going on in your own eye that you don't, you're overlooking? Isn't it amazing how we'll overlook things and point other things out to people? Man, I'll tell you what, I, when I got saved, I come from such a bad way. I said, Lord, you know, I want to be a humble person. No matter where you take me, no matter what you do with me, I want to be humble and I want you to use me so I can touch other people with my testimony, with the way I live my life, that you brought me out of that and you set me on a rock. You set me on this place and you showed me. So we should have a goal of service. Amen. And this service shouldn't be a service of judgmental. It shouldn't be a, us going out here and pointing out people's faults, but us going out into the world and beginning to love people. Amen. To love them, to truly love them. Quit looking at their faults and start looking at the creation that God made. You're all beautiful in the eyes of the Lord. We are created by God. How many times have people talked to you negatively? Or been grown up, you'll never amount to anything and this or that. You're going to end up in prison or you end up dead. Anybody ever told you that? I heard that after I'd gotten grown up and I was out there in the world acting stupid. You know, I, I thank God that that's a lie from the devil. And, and I want to challenge you guys, you know, as we go through this time of Lent, I want to challenge you to look deep into yourself, to, to start a reflection of yourself and, and to understand that, that God's got a purpose and a plan for us. You know, he said that word there. Or how can you... Say to your brother, let, let me take the speck out of, your eye, out of your eye, and behold, there's a log in your own eye. You hypocrite. That's a pretty serious word, ain't it? You hypocrite. I don't know about you all, but when I was growing up, my grandfather was a devout Christian. He loved the Lord, and he gave far beyond what he was called to give. He owned a little store down here on River Street, and you've heard me talk about it. And he put... He put all of what he sold in the sales on the sidewalk. He had a corner lot there, and he wrote with whitewash. Back in those days, they had whitewash. You know what whitewash is? They whitewashed on the sidewalk, sale, nickel, quarter, whatever. They had, you know, fish in the barrel, bacon on the block. They had all kinds of stuff. But my grandfather, he gave and he gave and he gave to the people. During the Depression, he'd tell us about how he gave people stuff because he didn't have money to pay, and they gave him it on credit. And he knew that he'd never probably get it back. And a lot of people, he didn't get it back. But you know what? God continued to bless him. And as I was growing up, he 
instilled this in me from the time I was a child. Boy, don't ever be a hypocrite. You ever hear that? Well, that kept me out of church for a long, long time because I used that as my excuse, you see. Well, honey, I can't go to church because I'm doing this and I'm doing that, and I don't want to be a hypocrite because that's what my grandpa taught me, and he was a devout Christian without a doubt. A hypocrite. You know what a hypocrite means? In the Greek, it's one who answers an interpreter, an actor, a stage player, a pretender, a hypocrite. So it's some people that are acting like they're somebody that they really aren't. Don't be a hypocrite. If you're going to serve God, serve God. And serve God to the best of your ability. The lessons on the Sermon on the Mountain were these. First, we had the Beatitudes. And that was blessed rewards of the living as a, as a, as a citizen of Christ's kingdom. Then we had the lessons of the salt and the light. You remember that? Be the light of the world. Be the salt of the world. Spice it up a little bit. Amen. I like spices. I, I like seasoning on my food. And, and that's the way we're supposed to be in the world. We're supposed to be seasoning. True righteousness. We got to go get in a little deeper. We got to begin to seek God a little bit deeper. Have a little bit more of a relationship if you don't right now. I'm going to tell you, when you really begin to walk with the Lord, you'll begin to see things and see God doing things that you'll, you'll never, ever be able to do on your own. And that's when the power starts. You start to realize there's power in these words. There's power in what we read and understand. Practice without being a hypocrite. You know, the right motives of giving, of praying, of fasting. You want to get serious with God sometimes? Stop eating for a day or two. I'll tell you what, when you really start getting hungry, you'll appreciate the food that God gives you much, much more. Praying. Are you really praying and believing it? Are you really praying and claiming it? See, there's one thing to pray and to be a Christian. There's another thing to pray and not be a Christian. Can you figure out which one's which? God's not going to answer our prayers if we're not faithful to him, amen? He won't answer our prayers. He'll answer a sinner's prayer of that salvation. The Christian concerns serving God with singleness of purpose and putting the concern of the kingdom first. Did you hear that? Putting the concerns of the kingdom first. Not myself, not other people but the kingdom. Warning against judgment. We just seen that here about the judgment. The, the invitation to prayer. Praying, praying, praying. A life of praying. You talk to the Lord. You talk to the Lord. Does the Lord hear you and you hear the Lord? These are very important things. And so we're challenged. Do not give dogs do not give dogs what is sacrificed do not throw your pearls to pigs if you do they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces man this is a powerful scripture right here this is a powerful scripture and i'm like lord why would you say that this is jesus's words now i understand what i read to the very end they were all jesus's saying jesus's focus on the sermon on the mountain and so he gets really serious here uh, about 
dogs and swines. And you got to understand in this group of people that he was preaching to on the Sermon on the Mountain that he was teaching, there were all kinds of people here. There was Pharisees and Sadducees that were living like a dog, amen. They were living like a hog. And so, you know, what you got to understand here is that it represents, these people represented hostility towards the kingdom. You see? They weren't living the way they should. They were hypocrites. They were judgmental of the believers. They were waiting on the next chance to kill Jesus, basically. And he was putting it right out there, right on them, right then. You see, dogs and swines gets pretty serious. In the Didache, A.D. 100, the first book that came out, it said, Let no one eat or drink communion except those baptized in the name of the Lord. Think about that. When we take communion, we should be baptized in the name of the Lord. That's some pretty serious stuff, church. That's a challenge to every single one of us the way we live our lives. That's why I'll never, ever let you come to the communion table without having a prayer first. I don't care what you've done, where you've been, what's happened in your life. If you ask the Lord to forgive you, you're forgiven. That's why it's so important to pray. Every one of us make mistakes every day. I don't care who you are. Don't tell me how righteous you are. Don't tell me how you're living such a wonderful life for God because there's things in your life you're struggling with too. We all do, amen? And as I was out on the construction job this past week, man, God began to open my eyes. Woo! Did he open my eyes. And my brother Tim, he said, Doug, I call that the devil's playground. And I said, wow, you're right. You know, I was out there, and we're working, and, man, it's rough out there as far as language and stuff like that. Now, I come, I'm a Marine, so you probably, in my day, you probably couldn't outcuss me, amen? But praise God, I'm saved by the blood of Jesus Christ today. I don't talk like that anymore, amen? I begin to walk a different way. I begin to talk a different way. I begin to act a different way. I begin to do things a different way. And I do it to this very day. The way I live my life, the things that I do, I do for Jesus Christ and nobody else. You see, that's the problem today, church. You can't play games with God. You can't say, well, I'm serving God this day and not serve God this day. You can't say, well, I'm going to give to this because I want to, but I'm not giving to that because I don't want to. You don't have an option, amen? If you really want to serve God, you've got to serve God. Let God send you where he wants you, and God will begin to use you and your money the way he wants to. But you see, you got to understand the principles first. And that's what Jesus was putting it out there. Because, man, there was a bunch of religious people all around him playing religious games, dressing up all fancy, thinking they were somebody special. If you would have seen the Sadducees and the Pharisees, oh, they dressed up. Oh, they had the adornment and the robes and the garments and the hats. And they would get out on the street corner and they would pray these long, long prayers to make people think that they were somebody. I'm here to tell you today, don't tell me you can't pray. You can pray. Just be honest with God and talk to God like you talk to me. You don't have to put on no show. You don't have to do any of that mess. You be faithful to God and you pray from your heart and God will pour it out on you. I get tired of the show sometimes. 
because God is not about a show. God is about a moving of the Holy Spirit that only God can do. No matter what we do, only God can do the moving of the Spirit. And I thank God every single day that, that we walk in these things, and it's a serious thing. Boy, I was on that construction job, and, you know, I was thanking God for a brother of mine that got me that job. And, man, these people were rough. And, of course, I'm pretty rough myself. You know, I can get with the best of them. And so I'm working, and this big old guy comes walking down the hallway. And he looked back at me, and he said, you're, you're a biker, ain't you? And I said, I sure am. I said, I'm a pastor, too. And he said, well, praise the Lord. I'm a Christian, too. See, I thought I was out there among myself, and God sent somebody to say, hey, don't worry about it, brother. You're not out there alone. I won't ever leave you alone. I won't ever leave you or forsake you. You see, God shows us these things when we're faithful. People using God's name in vain, man, that goes through me. Boy, little did they know they got more prayer for them those days than they'd ever probably had in their life. I prayed, and I prayed, and I prayed, and I prayed, and I continued to pray. The worst thing was I forgot my crosses when I left to go to work. Oh, man, that just tore my heart out because I couldn't give them a cross. But when I see them again, you can bet your bottom dollar they're going to get a cross. You see, church, there's people out there playing a the game with God. That's why Jesus was so serious when he said, don't be casting these, these secrets of mine just to anybody. Because they're the ones that are going to tear it up and throw it back at you. They don't care. They might play games with God, but they don't care. You know, in, in this contemporary world, we got to pay attention to what's going on. Now, I never heard anybody sing that song as slow as John sung it today. But it was a good song, amen. Pass me not. Now, when you got to take two breaths in the middle of one word to get the word out, that's dragging it a little bit, Amen. But you know what? Those old hymns will grab a hold of your heart, amen. And that's what they've done with contemporary worship, too. They put words to that that really capture your heart if you're listening. And the worship isn't about a show. It's about a power of God that speaks through the words. It's about a testimony in your life that speaks to the words. You see, my life was never been able to be changed unless Jesus Christ came into it. And when Jesus came into my life, my life was changed forever, church. And your life was too. If you really know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. If you don't, God knows that. You see, the thing about it is God knows if you're playing the game. God knows if you're serious or not. God knows everything about us. You can't get in the deepest, darkest closet and hide from God. He knows who you are. He knows everything about us. And I thank God because that sharpens me and challenges me. You know, when I get out amongst the people that are really worldly, I want my light to shine even brighter. You hear what I'm saying? I want people to know without a doubt that I love God. And there ain't nothing you can do to hurt me. You might beat this whole body up. You might talk to me bad, do things, but you can't hurt me. I'm covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. We're covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, man, I love this scripture right here now. Huh? Come on. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find it. Knock and it will be opened to you. Woo! Somebody ought to say amen. Hey, that's all we got to do is ask, right? All we got to do is seek. All we got to do is knock. And it'll be, it'll be done. Oh, come on now. There's got to be a little bit more to it than that. Amen. 
we got to be in line with God first, I think. We got to be in love with God first, I think. We got to have a relationship with God when you start asking for things. Well, God, I really want a Cadillac, and you only gave me a Volkswagen. You see, God's going to give us what we need. God will take care of us and give us what we need. Not what we want, but what we need. And I don't know about you, but I need Jesus every day. I need a little bit of Jesus every day to keep me going. This world's a tough place, church. He says all we got to do is be faithful and ask, seek, and knock. You know, there's some people here today, the Lord's knocking on their door. You see, the cool thing about God is he doesn't make you do anything you don't want to. He don't make you take care of yourself. He don't make you study the word. He don't make you pray. He don't make you serve him. He don't make you do anything. You've got to choose to do it on your own. See, this is why Jesus was on the mountain teaching people, because he was getting ready to start his journey to the cross. You hear what I'm saying? He was getting ready. He knew what was coming next, and that was his life, giving up his life for you and for me on the cross. So he was teaching people, this is going to get real serious here, church. I believe today it's gotten real serious, church. I believe today the devil has destroyed our churches. The devil's keeping people out of our churches. The devil's keeping us from doing what we should be doing. But we got to be strong. And we got to be mindful. God, listen. For what man is there of you who, if he asks his son for ask for bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? Or if he then... Being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children. How much more should your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? God wants to bless us, church. Amen. God wants us to bless other people as well. But there's, there's a consequence for it. There's, a, there's something that we got to do. There's an action for a reaction. And that's serving God. Being out there and being faithful to the Lord. And knowing he's got a purpose and a plan for our lives. Therefore, all things whatsoever you do that men should do to you, do to you, do ye even so to them. For this is the law of the prophets. Enter ye into at the straight gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leads unto the Lord, and few there be that find. Straight is the gate and narrow is the way. See, there's a broad spectrum of stuff going on out in the world today, church. People want to get there any way they can get there. But that ain't the way it is. You're only going to get there through Jesus Christ. Amen. We're only going to get there through Jesus Christ. Straight is the gate and narrow is the way. You know, I thank God for the challenges in my life that have been brought into my life. I thank God that God pushed me and put people in my life and showed me things and kept me going when I wanted to quit and continues to do that to this very day because God's got a plan. And his plan is better than my plan will ever be or will be. God's got a plan for every single one of us. That's why when me and John were talking, we were talking about how do you make disciples of Jesus Christ? How do you have people that will be committed to to, to, to serve, amen, to work in the community, to study their Bibles, to be in a covenant group. You know what a covenant group is? 
it's a group of people who said, Brady, you need to straighten up and fly right. And they love you, you see. They love you and they will hold you accountable. We need people to hold us accountable, church. If you're walking out in the world today, you don't have no accountability. You're going to do what you want to do. But if you've got five or six brothers and sisters in Christ that are walking with you, I'm going to tell you, they'll hold you accountable. When you go out into the world and do things out there, they'll hold you accountable if you get out of line. See, that's part of being a disciple. Given. And so I'm, we're still throwing this around about how we can make disciples. How we can get people to have an agreement, to come to an agreement. It's pretty difficult. You want to be a part of this church? You're going to have to tithe. You're going to have to be in an accountability group. You're going to have to be in a Bible study group. You're going to have to be in a prayer circle or something and you're going to have to serve I believe without a doubt we got to have these things if we're going to make it straight is the way and there is the gate it's not going to be the way you want it it's going to be the way God wants it amen oh here's a good one church pay attention beware of the false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing but our inwardly, they are raving wolves. Ye shall know them by their fruits. Woo-wee. Man, I tell you, there's a lot of people out there trying to destroy the church today. There's a lot of people out there that will try and destroy you if you allow them. They'll try and drag you off to the side. They'll try and get you to do things you know better than to do. But we got to stand strong. God's going to test you, church. God's going to see what you're made out of and how he can use you. If you can't be strong enough to avoid the temptations and trials that's brought against you, how in the world are you going to serve the Lord? How in the world, when the battle gets to raging and the blood gets to flying and the devils start to come out, how are you going to serve the Lord? It's pretty serious stuff now. That's what Jesus was saying. This is pretty serious stuff. You shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes or thorns of, or figs of thistle? Even so, good trees bring forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth forth good fruit, not forth good fruit, is shewed down and cast into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. How much more fruit you bore lately? Huh? How many people you led to the Lord lately? Have you been trying to lead people to the Lord? A Christian's not going to bear bad fruit. You hear what I'm saying? Ain't going to happen. My tree's going to bear good fruit. That's how we know, church. That's how we know good from bad. Right from wrong. The way we live our lives. You say, well, now, preacher, there you go. You're, you're judging me. No, I'm not judging you. I'm a fruit inspector. Amen. I'm a fruit inspector. You're the fruit tree. I can look and see if you're bearing any fruit. I can look and see if you've been giving out any crosses. I can look and see if, if, if you're walking in such a way that's changing people's lives. And you know what the cool thing about it is? One day you'll run into somebody that you helped find the Lord. And they'll say, you might not know it, but there's something you did or said that changed my life forever. 
You might not know it. I had a guy tell me that the other day. I've been working on for quite some time. He said, because of a discussion me and you had, my life made a turn. Because I was getting ready to turn the wrong way. You see, we don't understand how serious it is out there, church. We're actually saving people from hell. You hear what I'm saying? We're actually able to reach down and get them and, and lift them up before they enter the gates of hell where they're not going to ever come out of again. It's very serious what we do. It's no joke about this fruit. And I, I don't have to say a word. I can look at you. I can hear you. I can see the way you live your life. And I can tell if you love God or not. It's that simple. If you're a miserable person, you can be miserable and still love God. Amen. You can be a miserable Christian in the world today. And there's a lot of them out there. But I refuse to be miserable. I refuse to be around miserable people. I refuse to, 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 to be around a bunch of people talking negatively. But sometimes I do. Amen. Sometimes I get caught up in it. And I got to pray and ask God to forgive me. But, you know, we got to keep moving forward. We got to keep bearing fruit. I believe without a doubt God will bless the churches that are bearing fruit. Things will change. I'm getting ready to close here on this last scripture. If my clicker will click. Oh, man, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have not cast out devils, and in thy name have done many wonderful works, and then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work in iniquity. Hoo-wee. Well, wait a minute, Lord. Wait a minute, Lord. I prophesied, and I cast out demons, and I did this. What do you mean? He said, I never knew you. I never knew you. Depart from me. I don't ever want to hear those words, church. I don't ever want to hear those words. But this is serious. That's what I say. You got to pay attention. You've got to be aware of, uh, of what's going on around you. You've got to be aware of people that call themselves Christians. You've got to be aware all the time when we're battling this battle because Satan is real and he can hide anywhere. He might be sitting on a pew beside of you if it's empty. That's what we're dealing with, church. So don't, don't, don't believe just because you hear somebody prophesizing, just because you hear this or that, and they say, well, I'm a Christian, you, you want to live it out with them, amen? Pay attention to them, how they live their life, how they talk, how they love. You'll know. You'll know real quick how they are. And so that's our challenge in this time. As, as we're in a serious time and Jesus is preparing to go to the cross, it's no different here today. They're going to start persecuting Christians one of these days. In some places, they already are trying to. That's why we got to be strong, church. Don't believe everything you hear. Did that skip one? Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them, no, I skipped one. There it is. 
Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on a rock and the rain fell and the floods came and the wind blew and slammed against that house and yet it did not fall for it had been founded on the rock. Amen. Founded on a rock. I stand on a rock today, church. I'm going to tell you, it didn't say if things are going to happen. It said when things happen. It's going to happen. Things are going to happen if you're standing on that rock. I don't care what kind of storm is going to come into your life. God's going to take care of it. You're going to be all right. You're going to weather it. You hear me? A lot of times today we, we rely on ourselves and in a time that it gets really tough, the time that storm starts happening, we begin to cry unto the Lord. Buddy, we need to be lined up with God all the time. They sung that song this morning, and I know some of you think that we get together and we pick out songs, but we don't. They sing the songs and God lines them up, amen. That's the God we serve. See, God, if we're faithful, God will put everything together and make it work. Because it's God, it's not us. God's doing something great, church, and God wants you to be a part of it, but it's going to take serious people. So I want to continue to challenge you about where you're at and how you're walking to be a wise person. To be a wise person. Because it's very important. Because look at here, everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew and slammed against the house, and it fell, and great was its fall. So many people run into things in their lives and begin to worship the things in their lives. And then when the storm comes, there's a great fall. But you know what? God loves us anyway. God forgives us anyway. I don't want to be the one not standing on that rock. I want to live a life the best I can for God's plan. Not for my plan, not for the pulse's plan, but for God's plan. If we begin to do what God wants us to here, God will build a church, amen. God will bless the church, but God will bless the community. So many people out there struggling, so much addiction. Man, I thank God to celebrate recovery. We just had the, the town council give us $500 to celebrate recovery, amen. Then we had another person give us $200. i am not going to say their name. Because it's, it's, it's between them and the Lord. We're not supposed to brag about what we do. But I can brag on our town. See, they see what's going on in our community. They need, church, I'm telling you, people need help from the church. Our community needs help from the church. From godly people that are wise. Not of worldly wisdom, but of godly wisdom. And that's what makes a difference. This wisdom, it's wise wisdom, knowledge, and good judgment, and wise teaching. That's the definition of wisdom. When we can truly hear God and know God speaking. Where you at today? What rock are you standing on? Are you standing on the solid rock? Or are you on that sinking sand? Man, there's some old songs about that, ain't there, John? But see, church, God wants to bless us. And many here are blessed. Maybe everybody. Everybody here is probably blessed. You just don't know where your blessings come from sometimes. You know, I want you to pray for me. 
as I'm on this journey, God's put me back out in the workforce, and it took me a while to snap into it. You know, it took me a while to say, man, God, this is an awesome ministry place here. This is a powerful place to be in my life now because you're going to do something here, and it's going to be cool. You see, when you get ready to go to work in the morning, you think about, God, what are you going to do this, this day? How are you going to use me to touch somebody? Send somebody my way today that I can speak Jesus to them, that I can lift them up out of the dark place they might be in or the despair or the hope or whatever it is. Do you, do you think about that when you get up in the morning? Do you pray about, God, I know you're going to do some great things with me today, but I just don't know what they are yet, and I'm so excited to get going. Six o'clock in the morning, get your coffee ready. See, you never know when God's going to use you. So I want to challenge you. You know, Lent's a serious time to me. Now, you all might not have ever done it before. I've done this for years, literally for years, and it's very serious to me. On Good Friday, when I go hang on that cross at Flatwoods, the most serious thing I've ever done in my life is hang on that cross. And I see the people drive by, and some of them are cussing, and some of them are making fun, and then others are really touched by it. And they pull in, and they stop, and they ask us what we're doing. You see, what Jesus did was very serious. And then when he was picking his people, he took it very serious. And when he was teaching his people, he took it very serious. That's why he ended the Sermon on the Mountain this way. Because he wanted to know, you think you're fooling somebody out there? You're not fooling anybody. We know who you are. We know what you're doing. We're not going to bless you until you line up with God. You see, that's what it always takes is us getting in line with God. Boy, it took me 18 years to understand that. My wife lined me up a lot. If it wouldn't have been for her, I'd probably be dead today. 40 years this year, marriage. Man, I don't even look 40, do I? Come on, somebody say man. God's been 60. God's been good to us. So, you know, as we get ready to close, I just want you to think about it. It said, when Jesus was finished these words, the crowd was amazed at the teaching, for he was teaching them as one having authority, not as a scribe. See, a scribe was a teacher. A scribe was just a teacher teaching the word. The difference was Jesus was walking in the power. Amen. He was walking in an anointing. I want to tell you something, church. The sacrifice is real. The standard's high. And if you're going to get with it, you've got to get on that foundation. You've got to get on that foundation, that rock of Jesus Christ. I don't know where you're at today. I don't know what you're struggling with today. But I want to challenge you to get a little closer. Do we have a song up there, Andy? Andy's going to sing. Well, he's not going to sing it. He's going to play it. And I just want you to challenge yourself. Whatever it is, wherever you're at, whatever you're struggling, God knows where you're at. God can help you. And if you're, if you're good, praise God. Give him praise, man, if you're good. I'm 60 years old, I'm good, amen. God's blessing me every day, and I give him praise for it every day. Got my grandchildren with me today, and man, I'll tell you, every time my grandkids hug me, it's like Jesus hugging me. You know what I mean? There's a love there that doesn't matter what you do. Them grandchildren are going to love you and forgive you anyway. That's the way Jesus is, you see. He loves us that much. Go ahead, brother. If you want to come pray, you can come pray.
You want to stay in your pews and pray? You can stay in your pews and pray. Let's give God some time today. Give God some time in prayer because I know he wants to speak to you today. darkest night you were close like no other babe I've known you as a father I've known you as a friend oh I have lived in the goodness of God oh and all my Running now, 
Heavenly Father, we just come to you this evening, thanking you, Lord, for your mercy and for your grace. We ask that you'd hear our prayers and know our hearts today, Lord. Uh, you know everybody's heart in this place. And Lord, we thank you that you love us no matter what. Lord, you'll follow us to the ends of the earth to get us, Lord. Uh, so, Lord, we just want to give you praise and glory for how you've blessed us. Lord, we want to just to touch each and every one here today with a special touch of love and prepare us, Lord, for the week to come. Armor us up, dear God, so that when we go out to battle, that we'll be smiling because we know there's legions of angels following us. We know that there's angels protecting us, and we know that you, you're with us. We're powerful when we walk in the power of God, and we claim that right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, just be with each and every one of us. Lord, if there's one out there that hasn't known you or hasn't accepted you, maybe today would be that day. Maybe there's somebody out there just struggling with something, Lord, and they need a touch from you. Lord, I pray you would touch them. Take us through this next week. Help us to be warriors, to bear fruit, to plant seeds, to water them, and to see them grow, Lord. But most of all, help us to be mature Christians out there, Lord, because you set a high standard. The scripture today challenges us. There's a standard there that's high. Lord, I want to be counted in that number, dear God. So, Lord, forgive us where we fall short. Walk with us, lead, guide, and direct us. And we'll give you the praise and the glory always in Jesus' name. 